Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Good morning. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Glad you are with us on this Tuesday. Lots of interesting things to delve into. I will have praise for a Democrat congressman. <gasps> did he really say that? Yes, he did. <laughs> it's coming up in just a bit. <laughs> One of my things that I really appreciate is diversity of thought. And I am celebrating diversity of thought this morning with a story in Newsweek. And I'm quite thrilled to see, and I think this has been happening with more regularity in the past few years, more people who are in groups that typically vote a certain way are beginning to think outside the box. And they're doing something that is non-traditional. I go back to the shock I experienced several years ago when my now late father told me that he and mom had decided to change parties. I thought it was the end of the world. But I'm telling you folks, this is happening. People are breaking out of stereotypes. They are not doing any longer what they are expected to do. We'll talk about this coming up. What's going on? I ask you all the time, what's going on in your world economically? Because there is yet another hit that could be coming our way. While we have headwinds facing us in the form of politicians who are just totally tone deaf to what's going on with you and your real needs, and they're focusing on silly stuff like climate change, we have a warning about what could happen in the oil market. We'll tell you what's happening there. A little bit of a battle going on, and this is entirely political, as it relates to the ongoing strike from UAW workers. Who is the real champion of the workers? Is it President Joe Biden or is it former President Donald Trump? We'll talk about what is going on there, their efforts to reach out to those particular workers. A prediction about who may be the Democrat nominee in 2024. And no, this person is saying it will not be. Joe Biden. We'll also talk about an interesting study. We've had discussion here plenty of times expressing the concern <laughs> about how much time our young people are spending on smartphones. And they're mainly concerned about the content. Well, there's a new concern about smartphones, and we will address that coming up. We also have Transformation Tuesday. I think if I remember correctly, I have a serious item 
And I have a really funny item for Transformation Tuesday. One of the, the funny item is from my friend, Dr. Steve Crosby. And I, I can just imagine his reaction when he saw what I'm going to share with you. I really, I, it just blows my mind what some people have tried to do with God. I remember, uh, I have to share this before I forget, because I know what happens to my ADHD mind. But I remember years ago, those of you in Christian circles would recognize way back in the 80s, there was a man named Keith Green. He was a person I greatly admired. Sadly, his life cut short from an aviation accident that happened. And I remember he did a scathing piece because he came across, he was at a Christian festival of some sort, and he saw or heard someone make reference to Jesus junk. Yeah, he was talking about people who sell things, you know, whether it's jewelry, whatever it is. And he said, you know, these words are words that should never be connected together, ever. And he was talking about how we sometimes have this idea. It's like we have this little personal Jesus in our pockets. Well, you're going to hear an example of this coming. I mean, it's a paradox. On the one hand, it's, it's an abomination. On the other hand, it's funny. You can't help but to laugh. So I've really got you interested, don't I? I want to begin with praise for a Democrat. Yes, Vince Coakley is on record praising a Democrat. Story in the Charlotte Observer. Now, this is kind of a paradox, because, and, and I want to give you this disclaimer, because I want to give this guy the benefit of the doubt, because he, I think he's on to something. I think you should get paid for doing your job. Conversely, if you don't do your job, you shouldn't get paid. And that's the essence of this story, no budget, no pay. North Carolina Congressman wants to halt colleagues' pay in future standoffs. North Carolina Congressman is working to ensure that failure to pass a budget will cost his colleagues. Representative Wiley Nickel, a Democrat from Kerry, introduced a bill that would prevent members of Congress from being paid if they failed to pass a budget resolution by April 15th, or if both chambers failed to pass all regular appropriations bills by September 30th for the fiscal year that begins October 1st. I am all for this. I am all for this. Members of Congress shouldn't get paid if they don't do their job. Boy, this is a novel idea. It's our job to fund the government. Federal employees won't get paid if we have a government shutdown, so why should members of Congress continue to get their paychecks? This bill will incentivize Congress to get it done and prevent future shutdowns. Seven of Nichols' Democratic colleagues have signed on to the legislation. For months, Republicans in power have fumbled the ball on Congress' most basic function, fund its government. That's what David Trone, a Democrat from Maryland, said in a written statement. If Congress can't do its job, we shouldn't get paid. It's just that simple. As you know, Congress must pass a budget by Saturday to keep the government running. Let me, give, let me clarify that. It's not really true. Congress doesn't have to pass a budget. They can pass another one of these continuing resolutions 
which is another joke because they don't have to have I don't remember the last time we've actually passed a real budget I just wanted to make that clarification during his news conference Congressman Nichols said make no mistake a government shutdown would hurt our economy it would risk our national security and be a disaster for North Carolina's working families Hundreds of thousands of people, including our congressional staff, will be put on temporary leave without pay or be forced to work without pay. Programs from Head Start to the National Park Service would be stymied. Air traffic would be stretched to its limits. Programs like the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program would be affected within a month. For the past couple of months... House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has tried to pass a budget to prevent a shutdown from happening. But he's been stymied by the... I'm, I'm serious, folks. I'm really going to have to exercise a great deal of self-control. I get furious every time I see this. Here it is again. Stymied by the far-right House Freedom Caucus, who have a list of demands, including their opposition to funding Ukraine and defunding federal law enforcement. Republicans hold a narrow majority in the House by only nine members, making the House Freedom Caucus and other disgruntled colleagues a powerful force. Even McCarthy's attempts to pass a short-term spending bill has been sabotaged. North Carolina's Representative Dan Bishop is among the Freedom Caucus members standing in McCarthy's way. Boy, it sounds like some great objective journalism. I don't give a crap about McCarthy's way. I really don't. Since returning from the House's August recess, Bishop has been clear about his frustration with leadership and the government's spending levels. See, that's not the issue. The issue is government spending's out of control, and it's been out of control for decades. When are we finally going to put a stop to this? That's the problem. But I do salute Wiley Nickel. Wiley Nickel, stay on this. Stay on it. This is a good cause. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, what do you think about the idea from Representative Wiley Nickel? By the way, this is not new. Other members of Congress have suggested this before. Now, the one thing I do add is this. The problem with so many of these members of Congress, when you talk about the idea of withholding their pay, they don't care. Do you know why they don't care? Because many of them are millionaires, and they don't care whether they get paid or not. That's the one thing that makes this so sad and so unfortunate. So unfortunate. Because you've got people in Congress, who are independently wealthy. <laughs> and so, okay, withhold my pay. I don't give a crap. 
this is where we are, ladies and gentlemen. That's the one thing that really keeps this particular proposal from being effective. I need to update the numbers on this, by the way, because there are actual figures on how many members of Congress are millionaires. It's not very difficult to find, but it's really an abomination because that's never been the intention to have people who certainly do not represent this country, at least in terms of real people. The whole idea is for real people like you. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking somebody, I think somebody who's working a full-time job at Subway should be able to afford to go to Congress. I'm serious about that. In fact, you're the very type of people who need to be in Washington and bring your sensibilities and the struggles you face to the nation's capital. Because those kinds of real-life sensibilities, that's what's missing, terribly missing. So let's talk about diversity of thought. I told you I ran into a friend of mine a few weeks ago, and I was we had the coolest conversation. In fact, uh, I just saw him yesterday. and He's like, hey, we got to talk. And in the course of our talking, we're going to do an interview. I want you to hear what he has to say. We had the best conversation. Young black man, entrepreneur, works very, very hard. And it was so cool to just listen to him talk, just all how the lights have come on in, in, in so many different areas where he might have been in lockstep with this group or that group. And now he's recognized, you know what? <laughs> These people are feeding you a bunch of crap. Which is a tie-in to a Newsweek story. Joe Biden's support collapses with black voters. Oh, say it isn't so. An increasing number of polls are showing growing dissatisfaction with the prospect of Joe Biden running for a second term among black voters as his administration looks to court the vital voting block ahead of the 2024 election. Let's go back to 2020. How did this old coot get in the White House in the first place? How did he get there? He was actually not doing so well in his campaign. Remember that? Who came along to save him? James Clyburn, South Carolina. South Carolina primary turning point. This is which is why they have put South Carolina at the front of the line this time. At least they're trying to. Because he desperately needs that boost at the very beginning. And if he and if this collapses for any reason, he's finished. He's toast. A new NBC poll released on Saturday, conducted between September 15th and 19th, found the president's job approval rating slipped from 80% in 2021 to 63% among black voters. Are you serious? This same survey, 1,000 registered voters found Biden still holds 76% of the black vote to 14% in favor of former President Donald Trump in a likely matchup. This is still not good. A Democratic candidate for president has traditionally needed the black vote to win. And the signs of discontentment among the caucus 
Cummins national polls portray a widening gap in voter sentiments between Biden and Trump, the Republican frontrunner. A recent ABC Washington Post poll put the incumbent 10 points behind his predecessor. You heard about that one. When Biden ran in 2020, he attracted 92% of the black vote, 8% for Trump. If this really did swing in real votes to 14% voting for President Trump, former President Trump, he's toast. All you have to do is peel a few percentage points off. He can't win. While Biden maintains overall support among black voters, there's growing evidence to suggest a disconnect with a younger generation. Well, imagine that. If you're old as Methuselah, how are you going to connect with the younger generation? Come on. A recent survey by the American Enterprise Institute found 57.9% of black Americans 1849 approve of Biden nearly three years into his first term, compared to 78% among those aged over 50. That's like a 20% gap. Younger people aren't buying this. When asked whether they prefer the incumbent president as the 2024 Democratic nominee when presented with a list of potential candidates, just 20.9% of the younger group wanted him to run for a second term. That's ugly. 20.9%? 50.5% of the older generation in favor of another Biden ticket. That's not exactly a glowing recommendation. The president has been plagued by concerns about his age among the wider electorate. At 80, he is the oldest serving president in U.S. history. He's brushed off concerns about his physical health and mental health. Starting in 2022, I no longer think of myself as being old. (laughs) As old as I am than a fly. Well, can we just swat you away like a fly? Ah, uh, bottom line. Bottom line here. A poll of 702 black women voters conducted between July 11th and 14th on behalf of Highland Project found support for Biden behind his 2020 support level by double digits, down to 70 percent from 90 percent in 2020. The Black Women's Coalition for Change found support for the president was even lower among Generation Z, millennial voters, with 58% supporting him. Prominent issues for black voters, gun violence, discrimination, reproductive rights, student debt. Now, the Biden administration has made some overtures in these issues, but what have they really done? Nothing. Nothing. I think this is a great sign because I love diversity of thought that's what i appreciate i had this conversation just a few days ago and i'm so glad there are many more voices of color out there who are communicating with the language of liberty the message of liberty let freedom ring Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, I'm sure you've noticed it just like I have. In recent weeks, going to Philip, 
Your gasoline tank, I think I mentioned a few weeks ago, I was used to spending 40 bucks. That was pretty much what it cost to fill up my SUV. 40 bucks. Now it's 50. This was just a matter of days difference. And this may not be the end of the price increases. Remember, some weeks ago, we had the decision by our good friends, the Saudis, ah, we're going to continue our pullback in supply. Which is, you know, just evidence of the fact that these folks are not our friends. They're really not. I'm not trying to scare you because I endeavor not to participate in panic porn. But I do think we need to be aware of possibilities. And when there are experts in certain areas who are aware of certain things that could very well happen, we ought to listen. Well, I want to give you a fair warning on this. Because this could really blow a hole in your financial situation if you think it's bad now. You know, I'm trying to think, what would it cost? You know, $50 now, we go up to, what, $60, $75? Doug Lawler, who is the CEO of Continental Resources, he has a little bit of a warning. He is actually in charge of the shale drilling giant he basically is putting out this warning crude prices set to remain elevated and could press to the 120 to 150 dollar a barrel range without new production see the key thing here is supply isn't it Supply. By the way, this is the shale drilling giant controlled by billionaire Harold Hamm. More price pressure is coming unless policies are put in place to encourage more output. Lawler said he thought oil absolutely would hit the $100 a barrel threshold. And he expects to see continued volatility in the 80 to $100 a barrel price environment. You know, I, for me, this is where I think it's so important for us to do what we can. See, we can't do anything about the Saudis. They're going to do whatever they want. The Russians, they're going to do what they want. But you know what we can do here in the United States of America? We can manage our own supply. And the last thing we want to do is to throttle our own supply. There's no reason to do that. But unfortunately, we have people who are more concerned about the planet than they are people. Now, I've stated this before, that as it relates to climate, I'm willing to concede to the possibility that we are undergoing some type of climate change. What I disagree with is the idea 
that anybody knows for sure that human beings have anything to do with it. We've had climate change before. This is not the first time. I just think it's very arrogant. Very arrogant to assume that human beings are in charge of the earth. We're not. And I'm curious for you, can you can you afford 150 dollar a barrel gasoline i'm just guessing here we're pushing more into the four and five dollar range for gasoline can you afford that that's my question so while these very important issues are going on and interestingly enough that we would go from talking about gasoline prices to talking about the UAW. How many of you know the auto industry is going to be an entirely different animal five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Some major changes are going to be necessary. Major changes. Are these auto companies going to be able to stay up with these changes and pay these Exorbitant wages and benefits. See, we've seen this game before where these unions pretty much drove these auto companies practically out of business because of unrealistic expectations. Nonetheless, this is the new battleground where you have a president and a former president spending some time to try to connect with union workers. We'll talk about what they are doing as we continue our Tuesday broadcast of the Vince Coakley radio program. 704-570-1110 is our number. 704-570-1110. Want to remind you, before we take a look at traffic, about a very important event that is coming up. Those of you who are not aware, because I've been telling you for a number of days now. This is a very, very important month. This is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month. Time for the fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. Your generous donations of blood are critical in helping brave kids in the fight for their lives, so please consider donating this Thursday, September 28th, at the WFNZ Doghouse in Uptown. The fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive in partnership with One Blood. Visit WBT.com for details and to register your appointment on the One Blood Big Red Bus. And we thank you in advance for your participation. I will be out there this Thursday, so I hope to see you as you make your contribution. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. So I'm kind of curious how much... 
leeway do you have in your budget? Can you take the shock of what could be $150 a barrel gasoline? You have that kind of flexibility in your budget right now? Very curious. So yesterday, we had a conversation with you about what is going on in the presidential contest and all the shock and awe that is <laughs> certainly being observed by the mainstream news media. They absolutely cannot believe what is going on right now with these polls indicating Donald Trump could be up. In fact, one poll characterized as an outlier. He could be up by a total of 10 points over Joe Biden. How is this possible? This guy is indicted. Federal indictments, state indictments. How is this possible? And then what you have now on the campaign trail, you have a very feeble president who is very much trying to stay up with his opposition because he recognized the potential for being upstaged. It's kind of interesting to see how different news agencies deal with these stories because they have very different approaches. Here is one version of the story. And I'm trying to, okay, this is CNN's version of the story. United Auto Workers Union President Sean Fain will join President Joe Biden on the picket line today in Wayne County, Michigan. The UAW, however, is not involved with former President Donald Trump's planned visit on Wednesday, nor have they been in contact with his team. And there's been no official invitation to Trump. Trump will skip the second Republican presidential primary debate in California Wednesday and is expected to head to Michigan to address union workers. So notice how this is portrayed. Here is welcome guest. Welcome guests. President Joe Biden, Mr. Magoo, the union, and, and it's for obvious reasons. Very obvious reasons. The Democrat Party and United Auto Workers, they're in lockstep. They may as well be the same organization. Here is another version of the story by Daily Caller. President Joe Biden is rushing to the picket line to join the striking United Auto Workers in Detroit, Michigan, one day before former President Donald Trump plans to address former and current union workers in the city. That gives you a little more context, doesn't it? In fact, I kind of wonder whether Joe Biden would have gone there if not for Donald Trump's planned visit tomorrow. Biden announced September 22nd he would join the picket lines after the UAW expanded its strike to 38 additional plants spanning across the U.S., while negotiations continue to stall, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre titled the visit as historic. 
saying the president's always been on the side of workers getting their fair share. It's ridiculous. It was revealed September 18th, former President Donald Trump would travel to Detroit, Michigan, on Wednesday, during the second GOP presidential debate, to speak with plumbers, electricians, and auto workers, currently or previously part of the UAW. Though Biden's announcement came after Trump's, the White House said the decision to go to the picket line had nothing to do with the former president's. Now, do you believe that? I do not. This is hilarious. It's very obvious. He did not want to be upstaged. Why else would you go a day before? <laughs> it's kind of amusing. So, this is Joe Biden's feeble attempt to show how relevant he is. Isn't it just wonderful? So, let's talk about 2024. What have I said to you about 2024 on this broadcast? What I said to you is I do not think Joe Biden's going to be on the ticket. Now, I'm trying to remember who the writer is. I think it was someone who writes for The Hill was predicting that Joe Biden is going to decide and make the announcement sometime this fall that he's not going to run. I think that's ultimately going to happen. I think he's going to be shown the door, so to speak. And I think this is part of what's going on with these poll numbers coming out showing Joe Biden 10 points behind Donald Trump, I think there will be a chorus of people. Maybe it's not going to be public, but I do think there will be a message clearly communicated to Joe Biden. It's time to go. Well, Sarah Palin has an interesting take on this. She thinks there will be another nominee in 2024. Responding to a series of 2024 election conspiracy theories in which Biden would be removed from office, the former Alaska governor wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter, don't be surprised, but I still say it will be Michelle O. Biden's out. Hmm. Michelle Obama. Obama has repeatedly said on the record she does not want to run for president, which has done little to quell such suggestions. The Hill reached out to her spokesperson for further comment. In fact, last week, Texas Senator Ted Cruz argued Democrats could parachute her in as the nominee if Biden drops out. What do you think about this? Do you think this is just idle talk? Idle speculation? Or do you think somewhere in her heart of hearts, Michelle Obama really does relish the opportunity to become president? Because I do think she's unquestionably a person who would be a formidable candidate. What are your thoughts on what that contest may look like? Still to come on the broadcast, we've talked with you about smartphones and kids, social media. Well, there's a health warning about screen time and it has a very different angle of this story about how screens are affecting our kids it's not the contents we'll tell you what it is that is concerning some researchers coming up also straight on the other side we have transformation tuesday we have a serious item 
And we have a really funny item that is also communicating something very serious. <laughs> this one is a real classic. So you do not want to miss it as we continue the Vince Coakley radio program. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome to hour number two of the Vince Coakley radio program. And this reminder about tomorrow evening, as you know, is the big debate. Debate number two. WBT will air the second GOP primary debate. And our good friend, Brett Winterbull, will return at 845 for some pregame coverage and talk up the start of the debate. And there will be some recap and analysis afterwards. So be sure to listen to that debate coming up tomorrow night right here on News Talk 1110. 99.3 WBT. All right. For Transformation Tuesday, we're going to have a serious item and a little bit of fun. How's that? Is that a good deal? One of the things that I see all the time, and I, t- I referenced Keith Green in the last hour because... Keith Green had a way of communicating the message of the cross so powerfully while he was alive and what the true message of the gospel is. He was not a person who believed in a watered down gospel, not in the very least. He was a man who recognized that the true gospel message is one which is counter to what the culture embraces. Because the culture is all about one thing. You know what the culture is about? It's about me. Everything revolves around me. So it's kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, let me just define, you know, because my if somebody were to ask me, what is a Christian? If they were to ask me this question 30, 40 years ago, I would probably give you a different answer today than my I would have 30 or so years ago. You know, I would say something simple, maybe um, a Christian, someone who's received Jesus in their hearts and accept him as their personal savior. I don't use that language anymore. And I think it's very unfortunate language to use. What has to be understood is the Christian life is a change of government. It's no longer you in charge. It's Christ in charge. He becomes Lord. He becomes Lord. He's in charge. So much of what you see in Christian bookstores and so-called Christian media, it's not Jesus in control, it's us. If we just figure out the right formula, the right, the right Bible verse, we can get God to do our bidding in whatever it is. Even on game shows. If you don't believe me, 
This, what I'm about to share with you, is a clip from Celebrity Family Feud. I have no idea who this woman is. I just know that this was during the effort to win $20,000. I'll tell you what happened after I share the clip with you. My very sarcastic friend, Dr. Steve Crosby, posted this on social media. I've discovered the secret that will resolve all your problems. Finally, years of frustration will be over. I just need to learn how to activate the Holy Spirit to get what I want. Like to win the Powerball drawing. If I'd only known this. If I'd only known this is all that was needed. Well, now we all know the secret. (laughs) So I'm going to share with you this clip again, give you some context. This particular team won their contest they defeated the other family and they were competing now to try to win twenty thousand dollars here is the beginning of what this woman does before she answers the questions that could put her on the road to twenty thousand dollars listen up china you need 16 points to win okay. i'm going to ask you the same five questions you can hold on do- okay holy spirit activate oh no holy oh, spirit no. Oh, no. activate Holy Spirit, activate, activate, activate. Holy Spirit, activate. Oh, no. Holy Spirit, activate. Okay, I think you get the idea. You can just turn it down. You don't have to turn it off. But someone took this and turned it into a video. It is absolutely hilarious to watch. I want you to think about this. You know what I think of when I hear this? And this is probably too old for you, Bernie. You you were probably not around. Do you ever heard of the Wonder Twins? It was a it was a kid's cartoon years ago. Yeah, I believe I have heard of the Wonder Twins, but I never never and, seen it. And they would say Wonder Twin Powers activate. Oh, that's right. That's and right. I, I have heard that. I mean, I just want you to think for a moment. And and I just want to make one statement. All I have to do is make one statement and it'll give you a context for how disgusting this is. The Holy Spirit is God. Here is a person basically ordering the Holy Spirit to help her win this game. By the way, her team won the $20,000. This is what's so sad. She probably really believes the Holy Spirit followed her orders. This is why a lot, I'm serious, there are a lot of people who believe like this. They can speak their reality into existence and give the Holy Spirit, Jesus, God the Father orders. And if we just believe, we confess, make the right confession, it's going to happen. Folks, this is horrible. Now, when you watch the video, it is, it's, there is a, a level of humor to this that someone would actually believe this, this sophistry. It's crazy. In sharp contrast to this, to what Steve Crosby has posted Mocking this foolishness, our mutual friend, Lauren, posted this. You know, you ever notice how much the emphasis is always on the other person? You know, what's wrong with our world? Well, it's everybody else. No, through the gospel, we understand the first place we need to look is in the mirror. Here's what Lauren posted. The cure for the disease that afflicts humanity is not everyone being a victim in some way, shape, or form. This is what we want to believe, isn't it? I'm just 
a victim of fill in the blank. Lauren says it's the opposite. Rather, it's recognizing each one of us is a prosecutor and devourer of one another. Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Unless we see that we are the devourers of our neighbors and choose for Jesus to be our final sacrifice, not God's, we have no life in us. In other words, we'll just keep on doing it. We will always have someone or some other group that's got to go. The cross is where we see who we are and become a new humanity that turns from the scapegoat mechanism and instead chooses to love our neighbors. So what are we doing? We're recognizing our own sin and we're laying down our lives just as Jesus laid down his life for us. The disease at the very core is selfishness. The disease is us thinking we are gods, the masters of our destiny and thinking we're entitled to whatever the cure is being set free from the tyranny of self so we are then able to love and to serve quite a contrast isn't it between trying to command god and command the holy spirit to use jesus the holy spirit as some sort of a um, <laughs> an amulet or something or a genie in a bottle don't work that way all right now Charlotte it's September pediatric cancer awareness month time for the fourth annual WBT little heroes blood drive your generous donations of blood are critical in helping brave kids in the fight for their lives. So we're asking you to donate this Thursday, September 28th, at the WFNZ Doghouse in Uptown, the fourth annual WBT Little Heroes Blood Drive. In partnership with One Blood, visit WBT.com for details and to register your appointment on the One Blood, One Blood red, Big Red Bus. I will eventually get it out here. I will be there on Thursday. We'll be doing the show from the doghouse so hope to see you there if you'd like to join the conversation this morning our phone number 704-570-1110 704-570-1110 you'd also connect with me over social media at vince coakley on x and the vince coakley fan page on facebook which is the profile with me behind the microphone so there you go so we've made mention a number of times about concerns related to our children spending so much time on smartphones. Much of it has been about content and how the information, the propaganda is out there. But some of it's just about the screen time itself, the psychological effects. And now we have, according to study finds, a new issue. Blue light from smartphones and tablets, triggering puberty early. Boy, this is not something we need. 
There's a new health warning resulting from children engaging in too much screen time on their smartphones or tablets. Turkish researchers have discovered that blue light exposure, the kind emitted by digital devices, appears to have a connection to the onset of early puberty. These findings pave the way for a better understanding of how modern habits, especially increased screen time, may affect the physiological development of children. The mysterious onset of early puberty in many children remains unexplained, though it sometimes ties back to genetic factors, brain abnormalities like injuries or tumors, or issues with the thyroid, adrenal, or sex glands. There's been a rise in early puberty cases among both boys and girls in recent years. A phenomenon particularly evident during the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, what was going on during the pandemic? Could our gadgets and increased screen time be playing a role? To investigate this, scientists from the Ankara Bilikent City Hospital in Ghazi University in Turkey observed 18 male rats, all 21 days old. They were split into three groups, and each group exposed to varying durations of blue light. A normal light cycle, six hours, or a whopping 12 hours. Researchers found that male rats exposed to blue light started puberty notably earlier. The more blue light researchers subjected the animals to, the sooner puberty began. These rats also displayed hindered sperm development and showed signs of testicular tissue damage. Eee. These aren't the first findings of this nature by this research group. They've previously observed a similar early onset of puberty in female rats exposed to blue light. The lead researcher said, for the first time, we found a direct relationship between blue light exposure and early puberty in male rats. Our findings align with our previous work on female rats, which also showed similar effects, thereby providing a more comprehensive view of how blue light may influence puberty in both male and female rats. Now there's some caution about this. It is a rat study. Direct results cannot be interpreted for humans. However, we provide an experimental foundation to further investigate the health consequences of ever-increasing screen time in modern society. Don't you think it's something that needs to be explored further? I do. Researchers do have their sights set on future studies. Their next step is investigating the long-term effects of of pre-puberty blue light exposure on the reproductive health of adult rats. The researchers saying we aim to expose both male and female rats to blue light before puberty and understand its long-term effects on reproductive organ damage and fertility. Ultimately, this research could lead to preventative measures and contribute to the ongoing discourse on how modern lifestyles affect physiological development and long-term health. I think this is well worth researching. I certainly would want to know the answer to this question. Still to come on the broadcast this morning, we have some more polling information to share with you. We have a new number two person on the Republican side in New Hampshire. Who is this person? You'll find out 
coming up in just a bit. Also, what is the primary mission for Biden's team? Is about making sure he goes to the right places, says the right things. No, it's much more simple. <laughs> Just wait until you find out what Axios is reporting about this very important mission connected to the president. We'll deal with that much more as we continue. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Back to the Vince Coakley radio program. I want to quickly get to some interesting polling information and one of the most important missions for the Biden team. Let's begin with this new poll from St. Elsom College. Here's the headline. The survey shows Nikki Haley surging ahead of Ron DeSantis as Donald Trump maintains his front runner status. This is in New Hampshire. So Nikki Haley, surging head of Ron DeSantis. Former President Donald Trump leading his closest challengers by a three to one margin. This is among New Hampshire Republican presidential primary likely voters. Forty five percent expressed their preference for Trump on the ballot test. A 30 point lead over his closest challenger, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. By the way, as an aside, I mentioned to you, I have been bombarded by solicitations, fundraising solicitations for Nikki Haley. In fact, I just got one here at 1129. First off, if, if you're really, by the, by the way, let me give you a clue, okay, just in case you interact with me. If you use my government first name, more than likely, I'm not going to pay attention to you. Only my parents address me that way. Vincent, it's Nikki Haley. I'm asking you to read this message before we hit two major milestones this week. Well, Lottie freaking da. And I'm looking at her message here asking for contributions five, ten, twenty five dollars today. One of the most important weeks of my campaign since launch. My FEC end of quarter deadline in four days. Second presidential debate is tomorrow. My team and I need your support today. They would like me to give $20.24. Isn't that clever? 2024. 2024 or more. So we can show the strength of our campaign on the debate stage and crush our September end of quarter goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, Miss Haley. <laughs> so, three to one. 30-point lead over Nikki Haley that Donald Trump has in the wake of the first presidential candidate debate. 
Haley has moved into second place behind Trump with 15% support. She's now the leading alternative to Trump, besting former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie on the ballot test among respondents who have an unfavorable impression of the former president, 32 to 29. She carries a 37-point net positive favorability, 65 to 28, second only to South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, suggesting she has room to grow her support. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has seen his support decline by 18 points since March, going the wrong way here, and now trails trails Haley with 11%, slightly ahead of former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. 11% of respondents with a favorable opinion of Trump select DeSantis on the ballot test, along with 12% that have an unfavorable opinion of Trump, suggesting he doesn't appeal to either group strongly strongly enough to have maintained his early status as Trump's strongest challenger. Former Governor Chris Christie has succeeded in branding himself as the harshest critic of Trump, but at a cost, although he's picked up the support of 29% of respondents who have an unfavorable impression of Trump, he has virtually no support from respondents who viewed Trump favorably. There's a shocker. His 46-point net negative favorability, this guy's terribly underwater, 25 to 71% will likely put a hard ceiling on his potential growth. Nothing. (laughs) This guy, he may as well hang it up. Come on. Chris Christie. Doesn't have a chance at all. So, if you're on the Biden team, what is your most important task? I mean, this story is, even the headline is hilarious. This is from Axios. Scoop, Biden teams don't let him trip mission. This is a real story. President Biden and his campaign are working on a critical project for his re-election bid. Make sure he doesn't trip. As voters express deep concerns about the 80-year-old president's age and fitness for office, Biden's team is taking extra steps to prevent him from stumbling in public, as he did in June when he tripped over a sandbag at the Air Force Academy. With a physical therapist, Biden has been doing exercises to improve his balance as far back as November 2021. Since his stumble in June, he's been wearing tennis shoes more often to avoid slipping and using the short stairs on Air Force One, entering the plane on a lower deck than before. Democrats, including some of the administration, are terrified that Biden will have a bad fall with a nightmare scenario of it happening in the weeks before the November 2024 election. Some senior Democrats privately. They've been frustrated with Biden's advance team for months, citing the sandbag incident, noting the president often appears not to know which direction to go after he speaks at a podium. Often without context, Republicans have used video clips of Biden looking confused about where to go after speeches to raise further questions about his age. Republicans? Without content, does it matter? If he doesn't know where he's going, he doesn't know where he's going. Biden's balance difficulties are like the result of what his physician has diagnosed as a combination of significant spinal arthritis and mild post-fracture foot arthritis. Biden works out many mornings with physical therapist Drew Contreras, who also worked with former President Obama. Biden's doctor has recommended exercises for balance, which he calls... Maintenance maneuvers. 
What the maneuvers entail is unclear. Professor James Gordon, Associate Dean and Chair of the Division of Biokinesiology and Physical Therapy. I've never heard the term maintenance maneuvers. It's not a clinical term in standard use. (laughs) Something made up clearly by politicians, don't you think? White House spokesperson Andrew Bates telling Axios this isn't new. It was proactively and transparently disclosed in a 2021 report from the president's doctor and again this year. This article fits an unfortunate pattern of media attempted to sensationalize something that's long been public rather than covering the president's very real achievements for hardworking Americans. Shut up. This is hilarious. This is what you do when you don't want the news media to even cover the story. Oh, that's old news. Yeah, your boss is old news. So think about that. Take that in your pipe and smoke it. In fact, your boss is just old, period. And up to the same old tricks. All right, folks. (laughs) Love to get your thoughts on these developments, especially those of you in South Carolina. Are you proud of Nikki Haley, who is apparently moving ahead of the pack in at least one state? Back in the final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Tuesday, we told you about the presidential contest, but there's a lot at stake next year in political contests. We also have the House and Senate. I think I shared with you a poll recently indicating that there's a real possibility the houses could flip. In other words, the House may go Democrat. The Senate could go Republican. And we have this reported by The Hill. GOP concerns are mounting over the impact former President Trump could have on competitive House races this cycle if he indeed is the nominee. Many Republicans blame the former president last cycle for the party's lackluster performance in what was supposed to be a red wave last year. Remember, that didn't happen. This time around, Republican primary voters are falling in line behind Trump. But fears persist he could drive away moderate independent voters in swing districts across the country. Doug Hay, a Republican strategist, says when you go back and look at what we saw in the past three elections, there were a lot of seats that were left on the table. Republicans should have won. A lot of that is due to how Trump has been a drag for Republicans. Poll after poll, the national and state level shows Trump dominating the GOP presidential field. The real clear politics average shows the former president leading the crowded field with 57% support. Ron DeSantis, his closest rival, coming in at 13.5. Hey, saying for a lot of Republicans, they prefer to stay out of Donald Trump's gaze. They know he's there, but they don't necessarily want to campaign with him. Some of them may be avoidable or maybe unavoidable. Many of the swing districts this year are in states that are swing states at the national level, including Arizona's 1st and 6th congressional districts, Pennsylvania, 7th and 8th. Several Republican incumbents are running in the Democratic strongholds of New York and California. This analyst saying, in a perfect world, you have a moderate Republican in those districts as your nominee. You have Nikki Haley as your nominee. Not that she's moderate. 
but she's not an inflection point where it's a constant battle. Do you support what this candidate said? Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this is impacting those House and Senate races next year. And I've said before, I really think this picture is going to be very different a year from now. Very different. Time will certainly tell. All right, time for us to take a look at the day in history. Bernie, how are you doing today? I'm great, Vince. I hope you are, sir. Not bad at all. 1914 is the year the Federal Trade Commission was formed. One of many agencies that we're so glad is there. The FTC. 1957, this opened on Broadway. This is a musical. It was also... um, Redone as a movie several years ago, I think it was. Um, see if I can give you a hint for this mm. one. I think, if I remember correctly, I think they had, um, I'll just tell you, it's West Side Story. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm familiar with West Side Story, yeah. 1960. These two candidates faced off in the first televised presidential debate. I'll give you credit if you just guess one of the people in 1960 who was running for president. 1960. Would that be... That's too early for Nixon. Is it? Nixon? <laughs> Is that your final answer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. It's Nixon. All right. Who else the was other, in the debate? The other person was Kennedy. Kennedy, okay. Who, of course, won that race. Yep. Um, and one of the reasons that is thought to have made a difference is the fact that people were able to see this young youthful guy and poor Richard Nixon also had a five o'clock shadow did yeah. not look as clean and polished as the younger Kennedy you dress for the job you want Vince not the job you have exactly right. Br- brilliant we're going to come back to the musical last one but 1971 The Baltimore Orioles pitching staff had four 20-game winners in one season. I can't imagine being able to pull that off. Wow. In 1972, this president, he eventually became president, that's your hint, met Emperor Hirohito in Alaska, a first for U.S. president. Who was president in 1972? Oh. You had a hint earlier. Was it Reagan? Or uh, Kennedy, sorry. No, it's Nixon, Nixon this Nixon. time. Oh he actually gosh. won later on. Ugh. It's okay. I was doing it's okay right. there for a second. You were, but it's not the end of the world. <laughs> you have a chance to redeem yourself Okay. by telling us, if I can actually find this, why is this extraneous sound all of a sudden trying to interrupt my <laughs> broadcast? <laughs> it's not supposed to happen. So we will have to uh, clear that particular odd thing here because we have a musical challenge for you this time around. All right, what you got? Are you ready for this one? Yes, sir. I'll give you a hint first. It's actually one of my favorite childhood shows. And uh, they made several movies out of this. Uh, Once it... um, you know, of course, it did very well as a series. It's still playing today. And you know one of the tragedies? I think I mentioned this the other day. It's so unfortunate that some of these old shows, they're playing over and over, and there were never residuals for these poor actors. And some of these people died poor. So 
Without further ado, see if you can tell me what this is the theme song for. Oh, is that uh, is that Gilligan's Island? You are absolutely correct. All right. Let's get a sailing man. Skipper I wore a bucket shirt. hat in here one day with a Hawaiian shirt, and uh, everybody made fun of me and called me Gilligan. <laughs> it was fantastic. Oh my goodness, that is too funny. <laughs> Uh, if you can believe it, 1964 was the year this show actually premiered. And, of course, it was on in prime time. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine watching that in prime time? This was, I mean, prime time viewing has certainly changed a lot since then, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Gilligan's Island. It was an appointment television. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny as you get older, too, as you start to raise questions about uh, just things that didn't make sense. How did the Howls have all of that stuff on that boat? I mean... It was a it tiny just, boat. Yeah, it was a pretty tiny boat. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and we have this final item for you. This is a bizarre one, reported by Reuters. Handcuffed. A knife still sticking out of his overalls. The Chucky doll hunches against the walls. Police hold him by his bright orange hair to take his mugshot in a bizarre twist. Chucky and his owner were taken into lockup in a town in northern Mexico. The puppet master, identified as Carlos Inn under Mexican norms, allegedly used the demon doll to scare people and demand money. (laughs) This is crazy. Both were charged with disturbing the peace and putting others' integrity at risk. One officer, the police department, in Monclova, was seen laughing as she held up the long knife taken from Chucky. Mexican media reported the officer who put Chucky in cuffs was later reprimanded for not taking her job seriously. Carlos in later released, though the Chucky doll's whereabouts are still unknown. A Chucky doll to scare people. Would that scare you? A Chucky doll, would that scare you out of your money? That and probably the red balloon from It. Oh, yeah, that's that's kind of creepy, isn't it? Iconic. Yeah, you're absolutely right. By the way, I think... The next season of Chucky, I was telling um, Bertie about one of my one of my um, guilty pleasures is watching the show Chucky. It's coming back for season three, I think it is next week. So it's so silly. It's a combination horror and comedy, I think. But uh, that's all the time we have. Now that I have uh, divulged that information, have yourselves a great day. Lord willing, we're back tomorrow at the same time. Adios.